Well, good morning. Uh, my name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Uh, so here's a question. Have you ever been discriminated against? Uh, here's my uh, lame story. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, I was doing some yard work, and a friend of mine was helping me. And we were working on the project, and we were working on it for a while, and we needed to go out and get some supplies. And so he said, hey, do you mind if while we're going out, if we stop by this Volvo dealership? Because we were going to be driving out towards Schenectady, and there was a Volvo dealership that way, and he was in the market for a new vehicle, and he was looking at buying a Volvo. And so since we were going to be out there, could we take a look? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I guess so. Uh, so we pulled into the driveway into the dealership and uh, we were driving my old green rusty pickup truck into this nice dealership and you know we parked and we get out and uh, we've been working in the yard all day so we got you know dirty boots and dirty jeans you know dirty smelly shirts you know old baseball hats and we walk in uh, and in my experience you know the few times I've been to a car dealership it seems like you always have like two or three salesmen that are like, you know, hurrying up to uh, get to you. You know, they're trying to give you their business card, all trying to get, you know, their commission. But this time when we walked in, like, nobody was talking to us. Uh, I, we walked in, we had walked around the showroom a couple different times, we'd like make eye contact with a few salesmen, you know, try to get their attention, and they would like look at us, and they would like go right back down to their paperwork, or they would like walk away from us. And finally, after a few minutes and nobody talking to us, we just left. Uh, and I don't know exactly why they weren't talking to us. I don't know why they didn't want to sell us a Volvo. But my thought was, is that they saw us drive in in this crummy old truck and these dirty old clothes. And they thought, I don't know why these guys are here. Maybe they're here to work on our landscaping. But these don't look like the kind of people that would normally be here to buy a Volvo. Because when it comes to apparently people who buy Volvos, there's a certain kind of look that you're expected to have. Uh, and have you ever experienced anything like that? And, and I know that, I mean, some of you, even as you hear that story, you're like, oh, come on, John. Like, that's the most, like, white privilege example of, like, discrimination that I've ever heard. And you're totally right. Because there's a lot of stories of people who, because of, maybe their gender, uh, because of their age, because of their race, have suffered much worse kinds of discrimination. And what we want to talk about today is as a church, as a group of people, one of the things that we want to be is we want to be this incredibly welcoming and diverse place. We want to make sure that whoever walks in feels like that they are absolutely welcome and that they are exactly the kind of person that we want to be there. But that's not just going to happen. It would be very easy, and maybe some of you have felt exactly this, where you walk into church and you feel like that because of who you are, uh, because of how you look, maybe because of something in your past, uh, maybe because of different ways in which you believe, different ways in which you think, you think that somehow I must be less than other people here. Uh, today we want to uh, start looking at a, a section of 1 Corinthians. Uh, if you've been with us the last couple months, we've been looking at this letter for a couple months now. Uh, Paul wrote 2,000 years ago to this church in Corinth. And one of the things that Paul really wants to let them know is he has this amazing picture of what the church can be. And he got this picture from Jesus. 
that the church is not going to be this just kind of monographic group of people who all kind of look the same and act the same and think the same, but it's going to be this incredibly diverse mosaic tapestry of people, but that that's going to be very difficult to pull off because normally we kind of segment ourselves. Well, we live in a world of a social ladder where there's some people that are thought to be higher and more important and more worthy of respect and honor and other people because of just the life in which they were born into uh, or because of decisions that they are made are thought to be less and we want to be a place and paul wanted the church to be a place of just equality uh, of equity uh, of justice but how do we make that happen uh, so Paul is going to uh, talk in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, and we're going to look at the first part of it today, uh, and then we're going to look at the second part of it next week, and then we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where he's going to talk about the 2,000 years ago in the church of Corinth, they had issues of inequity, and where some people were thinking of themselves as more important than what they really were, and other people weren't thinking themselves as that. They were thinking themselves that they were less important than what they really were. Uh, and so we're going to... Uh, dive into that. And so here's what Paul is going to say in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. He says, uh, I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. For I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Uh, now, this is a pretty difficult passage. Uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, I do each week is uh, I like to read different perspectives uh, because uh, different uh, scholars and different preachers and different people who study the Bible all the time will often have different takes on different texts. Uh, and this is a scripture in particularly where lots of people say this is very difficult to understand and where people have very different takes. And so what I'm going to give you today is one kind of very kind of set take on this. And uh, I believe that this is the, the right way to understand this scripture. Uh, I believe that based off of the context of what else Paul is going to say in 1 Corinthians 11 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, but I do want to let you know that, you know, my humble view, I think this is right, but there is another uh, perspective on this. And so what I think Paul is saying in this first part is he is, uh, one way to understand it is that he is saying that, uh, when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes to male and female relationships, that there is a hierarchy, uh, that one is more important than the other, uh, that when it comes to leadership, that when it comes to authority, uh, when it comes to who is in charge, who is the head, then men should always be in charge. And that's kind of one way of understanding that word head. Uh, but there's another way to understand the word of head, and that's to understand it as that one is the source of the other. And so that Jesus is the source of man, and the man is the source of woman, going back to the creation story and uh, Adam and Eve, and uh, that uh, Adam, uh, uh, God created Adam first, and then he created Eve by taking a rib out of Eve. And that what Paul is saying here is that we are all connected. Uh, that we are all in uh, the, kind of this very integrated relationship. And one of the things that's going to be key in any relationship is that there can't be any kind of superiority or inferiority. 
that if, if you're in a relationship and one person thinks that they're more important, and if one person always thinks that they're less important, then that's gonna make the relationship very, very difficult. Uh, so now Paul's gonna uh, go on, and he says, every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. And so what in the world is Paul talking about there? Uh, so 2,000 years ago uh, in the city of Corinth, it would have been a typical thing that uh, men would have, some men would have wore head coverings. Uh, and it would have depended on who they were, whether they wore a head covering or not. And the kind of men who would have wore a head covering were the men who had some sort of authority, some sort of position. Uh, and so if you were someone who was a leader, uh, if you were someone who had extra learning, uh, if you were someone who was typically up the ladder of success, then you might be someone who in a meeting uh, in the community would have regularly wore some sort of a toga over your head or maybe you would have wore leaves you know, in your hair, some sort of a wreath on your head, something to let other people know that person is especially important. So in a normal world of uh, Corinth 2,000 years ago, you could walk into a group of people and you would see different men and you would see that, hey, there's a guy over there who has something on his head. That person must be more important than the rest of the people there. But Paul says, when you guys all get together, I don't want any of you praying with anything on your head because none of you are more important than anyone else. In this place, you are all equal, no matter what your education is, no matter how much money you have, uh, no matter how important you think you are, in this place, you are all equal. Uh, he's going to go on. He says, but every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. Uh, so, also 2,000 years ago, it would have been typical for you to see different women with coverings over their heads. Uh, and in particular, uh, if you were a woman who was married, uh, if you were a woman who was respected, if you were a woman that was honored, then you would almost always, if you were out in public, have a covering over your head. But not all women would wear coverings over their heads. Uh, especially uh, if you were a woman who was a slave. Uh, there was rules in the uh, Roman world that said that if you were a slave, if you were a female or a male slave, that you were never allowed to wear a head covering. That way it would be obvious to everyone that you aren't free that you are a slave. Uh, also, uh, in the Corinthian world, uh, if you were a prostitute uh, or if you were a, a promiscuous woman, then you would often not wear a head covering, uh, partly because hair was considered to be a very uh, uh, kind of attractive part uh, of any woman. And so a way that you were going to kind of lure men and let them know that you are available is by showing your hair. But it was also a way to let them know that, hey, this woman is not someone who is a married woman of respect and honor. And there were some women who would even have their head shaved uh, because they were an adulterer. And so to let everyone know that this woman was married, she was someone who used to wear a head covering, but now she has been uh, made this mistake of having a, an affair. And so now we're going to shave her head so everyone knows. And now in Corinth, you have this new little church of people, and it's incredibly diverse. 
So you have some women there that are married and that are seen in the culture as being respected and honored, so they have their heads covered. But then there's other women, and they are, were or still are prostitutes. Uh, some uh, women that are there that are slaves. Uh, there's some women that, that are there that have had affairs, and so maybe they have their heads shaved. And so Paul is going to say, here's what I want. I want all of the women in, in this church in Corinth, I want all of them to have their head covered because I see all of them as worthy of respect, all of them as honorable. Uh, and just kind of even the playing field here. Uh, and Paul especially talked about uh, these women that would have had their head shaved. So it is the same as having her head shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. But it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved. And people, of course, would be like, yeah, like, that's kind of the point, is we want everyone to see that woman. And we want everyone to know that's a woman who made a mistake. That's a woman who has disgraced herself. That's a woman who has disgraced her husband. And Paul says, then she, also her, she should have her hair covered. And what kind of a, an amazing picture 2,000 years ago in this society to walk into this room and here's all these men and all these women together in the same room and none of the men have a head covering on, none of them showing that they are more important than anyone else. All of the women have their head covered showing that some women aren't better because of their place in life, because of the decisions that they have made that in the in the, the realm of Jesus, in the realm of church, that they are all on equal grounds. Uh, Paul is going to go on. He says, A man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of God. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. It is for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head. Who gets to tell a woman what to do? A woman gets to tell a woman what to do. She has authority over her own head. And this is because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, a woman is not independent of man, nor is a man independent of woman. For as a woman came from man, so also man is born of woman, but everything comes from God. Uh, Paul, in again, very confusing language, is making a point that you guys are like together. That in this community of people, there needs to be like a dependence on each other. That man came from woman, woman came from man, all of you came from God. You all need each other. And this whole thing isn't going to work if one is always trying to say, I am better than the other or that you are less. And so what does this uh, mean for uh, us as a church? Uh, first, uh, I think for some of us, it means that we might need to intentionally find ways to take ourselves down a few notches. Uh, because some of us have a tendency uh, because of just the privilege maybe that we were born into, uh, maybe because of things that we feel like we've achieved in life, to think of ourselves as better than other people. 
And, and this is one of the reasons why we talk so much about why it's important to serve other people and why it's so important to listen to other people. Uh, I've got a chance multiple times in my life to lead mission trips to third or sometimes fourth world countries. And one of the interesting things that happens on any trip I've ever been on is it always starts with a level of like, hey, here we are, these like wealthy Americans and we're going to this poor country and like how lucky are they that like we are going to help them. But pretty soon, once you get there and you start to build relationships and once you listen to their stories and you learn their names, you find out that now, we're actually not really that different at all. And uh, one of the things we do on uh, most mission trips is uh, one of the last nights we'll have a debrief session. And it's amazing, every trip I've ever been on, multiple people will go around the circle and they say, I came here because I thought I was going to be giving to them. But what I found out is that they actually gave me way more than I gave them. Because I learned from them. They have, they have things in their life that I don't have in mine. And you find out that we are actually way more on an equal playing field. And so it's important that if there's neighborhoods that you think you're better than, you should probably spend time in those neighborhoods. Uh, if there's a gender that you think is less important, if there's a race that you think is less important, uh, we need to have relationships with people that are different than us because in that we will find that there is an equality and a relationship. Uh, others of us, we naturally think of ourselves as less than. Uh, we walk into a church, we walk uh, through our communities, uh, we walk through our lives feeling like that we are less than because of just uh, the, the life that we were born into maybe, maybe because of things that have happened to us, maybe because of decisions that we have made. We feel like somehow that we're not as worthy of respect and especially in church world, we think that other people deserve more respect and more honor and maybe even more of God's love and that God could use other people more certainly than he could use us. And man, if that's your story, you need to spend time reading the Bible. Uh, one of the amazing things about the Bible is how God seems to always use people that the culture would put at the bottom of the barrel. That God seems to always use people that have made serious mistakes in their life. God seems to always use not the firstborn, but like one of the lesserborns. That God always has a way to use uh, the slaves and use the people who make mistakes and people who are at the wrong side of kind of the social ladder. And if you are someone who sometimes feels like you're at the bottom rung, then you are exactly the kind of person that God wants to use. Uh, and kind of the reason for uh, all of this and what we remember each week when we celebrate communion is that this is kind of the whole message uh, of Jesus. It is Jesus who had all the authority in the world, uh, who could have gone around wearing the biggest hat possible, you know, letting everyone know just how respected he needs to be, came down to earth to be among us and to build a relationship with us 
so that he could build us up and help us to be together. Uh, so today, let's celebrate uh, communion together. And let's remember this God who loves us, loves us enough to come down to earth to be with us and to make sure that there is now no difference uh, amongst gender, amongst race, uh, that we are all equal at the foot of the cross. Let's take the bread together. Let's take the juice together. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the way in which you use all of us. And some of us, you need to knock down the size a little bit because we're a little too big for our own bridges and we need to realize that maybe we're not as important as we think we are. And others of us, we have bought a lie that we are less than. And God, you want to let us know that we are beautiful in your eyes. And that in the church, we are all equal, every single one of us. Help us to know that and help us to live that deep in our bones. Same we pray. Amen. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining us for church today. We are so glad that you came. We hope you found it helpful to join in on the chat, uh, focus on God, and spend time learning together. We believe that church is not just a building, and it's certainly not just a Sunday thing. We want to become more like Jesus every day. And there are a couple things that we can do to help us grow in that journey with Jesus. One being our Next Steps email. If you are already on our email list, you'll be receiving that shortly. If not, um, it will be posted on the Facebook page in just a little bit. This email has steps um, for questions to ask yourself and others, as well as prayers to pray throughout the week and activities. Um, it's a great tool to continue that journey of what we've already been talking about this week. Another thing that you can do, our leaders would love to know how we can help you take whatever next step you're ready for. Um, you can fill out the connect card, which is at the top of the screen at any time, and let us know any questions, prayer requests, anything we can help you with. We would love to um, come alongside you in that. Um, also, like I said, church is not just a building. It's a community of people and we wanna be here for each other. So if anything come up, comes up in your week, please let us know. Do not hesitate to connect with us. We would love to hear from you, pray with you, and help in whatever way we can. So we hope to see you next week. Join us at 1030 for our service. Um, if you want to get on a little bit earlier at 1010, we'll have a chat going with some fun questions to get to know each other. And we hope to see you there. Have a great week.